Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Eyes Up Here. I'm Lindsay Paylos um, here at the Focus TV studios. I want to say I'm so sorry it took so long for me to get you another podcast, but I've been busy as shit. I had to film my... Uh, no, shoot my 2019 calendar, which is available now on lindsaypalos.co. And then I had Halloween and I had to literally be the better version of Baywatch. And then I did Honey Rider from James Bond. And then um, what else did I do that was sick? Oh, I wore literally underwear and mouse ears. But, you know, what What I'm saying is like Halloween is a whole situation. So thank you for being patient. I had to get that situation taken care of. So now I'm here in the studio and I've got a very special guest. She is um, an influencer. She was a producer and host of YouTube's Think Tank, which has like a jillion views and followers. Um, you're also a host on The Young Turks. So basically, she is um, an up and coming media influencer, superstar, woman extraordinaire. This is Hannah Cranston. Hi. Can you just follow me around and give that intro everywhere I go? Oh my God. I'd love to. I'll perfect it a little bit more. I'm running on low sleep, but you know, I tried to, I tried to do that. I like it. Thank you. Thank you for building me up. It's not. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, how old are you? I'm just so curious. Uh, Um, I'm 27. I knew it. I felt like we'd be the same age. Yeah. I'm 27 too. I think it's a good age. Yeah. I feel pretty good about it. I feel like I'm hitting my stride finally. Me too. And I definitely feel like I need to hurry up and do stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> it's that weird space because I feel like when you're in your early 20s, everybody's like, oh, like this is supposed to be like the best time in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lie. Because you're broke. Yeah. You're trying to figure out what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. You're dating the wrong people. All of that kind of stuff. Still. Still. <laughs> Speaking of dating, I was just thinking about that this morning because I was listening to some of your older interviews and people mm. are always asking about your dating or like who you yeah. prefer to date. And um, you had a long list of like things you didn't like. I do. Tell me some. I'm just so curious. Well, I think it's evolved <laughs> a little bit, uh-huh. probably since the last time that I uh, spoke about that publicly. Yeah. Um, I think I have to have like the same political beliefs. As yeah. Me. The same like morals and ethics and all of that kind of stuff is so, so important to me. Yeah. Um, and then there's like all the silly, like flippant stuff that when I was doing online dating, I would, you know, immediately swipe left on like. Burning Man picks. <laughs> hey, I've actually never been though. Yeah. But I can imagine Would it is go? a certain type of man. I will definitely go. Do it. I'm truly like, I actually am a bad girl. Like I like to fall off the face of the earth and go party. Like I could totally party for four days in a row and not wash my hair. See, I'm a grandma. I like I that. do it. No? No, I couldn't do it. Have you ever done it? Did you go to like, do you rave at Coachella? No. I've never even been to a Coachella and I'm from LA too. Oh my god! I want to corrupt I'm you. Boring. No, so boring. No, you're not boring. I'll take you out. <laughs> I'll change your whole life. No, I think it's fun just to to do like once. Yeah. Or right. or every year. You can open my mind. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Okay, so tell me a little bit of your background. I know you went yeah, to Duke. I did. But um, where did you grow up? What was your you know, what's your little bio? Yeah. Um, grew up in LA actually. And then I went to Duke for school. And then after I graduated, I think like a lot of college graduates, I didn't know what the F I wanted to do with my life. Right. And I felt really suffocated by that. And I didn't want to do what everybody from Duke does, which is essentially like go to law school, med school, or become an investment banker. Yeah. That didn't sound great to me. (laughs) Like God bless the people who do, but that didn't sound awesome. Um, and honestly, at the time I was going like Tinder was big back then. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's still big now, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I was going on dates with guys who didn't know what was going on in Syria. And I 
was really bothered by that. I thought it was really silly to be so uninformed or ill-informed. And so I wanted to figure out a better way to inform people my age and do so in a way that was speaking to us. Because I think a lot of the times we're spoken at people our age with the way that news talks about what's going on in the world. We're spoken at, not spoken to. And I wanted to figure out a way that we could be I could speak to my generation and I found the young Turks and they were basically doing just that. And I begged them to (laughs) to let me in the door. I begged them to let me just intern. I was like, I'll get coffee. I will clean the toilet. I will make copies, whatever it is. I will do it. I love that. Um, And they like, were like, okay, great. Start on Monday. And I was like, so excited. And then um, ready to just, you know, really put the pedal to the metal and I started on a Monday and by Friday they put me on camera so I had a very crazy story um and I did that for four years and now I'm doing my own podcast which I'm so excited about where I'm talking about the things that are going on in the world the things that um affect women on a daily basis that are political that we don't necessarily talk about as being political and you can't necessarily see on say a ballot measure Mm -hmm. um but that are so, so deeply rooted in our government and the way that it's been run forever um, that affect us literally every single day. Dude, that's a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I can't I know you said you short bio. I think I no. gave too long. No, I love that. What did you study at Duke? <laughs> Nothing related to what I'm doing. Really? Guys. No, I actually love that. <laughs> yeah. What did you study? Psychology, economics, and business. I'm okay, like such no. a nerd. I spent all my time in the library. No, that has a lot to do with what you... I think psychology definitely does. Mm-hmm. I think psychology has to do with everything Me too. we do every day. What did you study? I study history. So okay. I have a history degree. So it's also pretty like worthless. But um, I took all these specialty courses. So mm. I studied like race and politics and then I studied poverty and then I did like uh, 20th century genocide. So I kind of got oh, these wow. specialty courses about like really important stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of shaped who I am and how I think now. So college wasn't like a total wash. Yeah. But I don't remember anything from like my Civil War class. Yeah. Never showed but, up. But it <laughs> got to be. History is important. So you don't repeat it. That's what they say. Yeah. I did learn a sense of uh, skepticism as well. Mm. And I would learn, like, I took a class about, um, what was it? The history of sport and spectacle. So we learned basically the emphasis of sports from, like, gladiators to football. And it sounds stupid, but if you think about the money, the time, the structures, um, the fandom, there is a religious experience associated with sports. And so I just, I don't know, I have this random, like, pot of info in my brain. But that's good. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation. So. Yeah. It, it makes, and then when it, you watch like sport events, mm-hmm. you can now have that perspective and look at it Ooh. in a different light. Yeah. It ruins it. <laughs> it totally, totally, totally ruins it. Well, I'm going to save that one for another day, but it totally ruins it. But yeah, I get, but no, psychology, economics, and business. That's pretty perfect to me for someone in media now. I, I do think that more people and especially more women should have more knowledge about business because you're in it dude you should not let somebody else do it for you you should know what's going on i wholeheartedly agree and i recently um i just applied for an llc Mm. i was on the verge of tears i get frustrated not like the fact that i don't know the language of finance yeah or how the fuck that i don't know how to do my taxes really pisses me off yeah that's okay. I, I think can, not that many people know how to do their taxes. Well, I can ask you because you've dedicated your life lately to a lot of politics yeah. and knowing kind of things like this. In my weird opinion. Yes. 
do they not like because I feel like it's easy to regulate people and we have driver's licenses and we do all these things where we can we can well organize our population. Right. right. For me, yeah. there's an idea that you could literally have like your amount due every year. Mm-hmm. The government could be organized enough to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like per person. Yeah. Do you think they don't do that? So the super duper rich people don't have to go to their amount due? Like, is this some kind of scam that like, because obviously like a bunch of rich people are evading their taxes and right. getting all these amazing loopholes and the, the 1% of our wealth is, wait, yeah, 97% of our wealth is 1% of the population. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's organized like conspiracy theory. Crime. Yeah, I don't know if you're a conspiracy theory. I don't. I'm not that involved in the government, <laughs> um, but I do think that you, what you're speaking to more is about privilege, mm-hmm. right? I think our government is um, scammed, quote unquote, in a way that those who are privileged benefit a lot more, and so you can get away with a lot more. You can. Um, just do a lot more in general, given your wealth or the color of your skin or whatever it may be. Totally so I agree. Think, I think you're right to yeah. some extent. Dude, I, th- I think. But I like your something. conspiracy theory I better. know, I'm sick, right? <laughs> I really sit at home and think of this stuff, which is really sad. Do I'm supposed you? to be setting up an LLC. Yeah, and my brain goes all the way here. And then I get on a tangent. And then I get, get on Twitter. rabbit holes and on the internet and stuff. I, I call it a Twitter hole, actually. Ooh. Do you get on Twitter holes? I try to stay off Twitter, but I know you love Twitter. So I don't want to hate too love much it. on Twitter, but I, I try to stay off as much as possible. I think you're it's smarter because you're probably saving yourself a lot of like headache and heartache because Twitter is just stressful. Yeah. But like, but I, a place I love. I'm not as good at clapbacks as you are. Really? Yeah, I'm not as good. You know, I have a really good rule of thumb for that. Tell me. Um, if you ever are like stumped and someone insults you or does something, mm-hmm. you agree with it first. Because if you agree with it, then people are just like, where do I go from here? Yeah. If someone called you like a big fat idiot. I'm like, yeah, I totally am. Right. Or like you like add a right to the end and then you've just completely ruined their whole thing. What are they supposed to say? To yeah. Them? And then people love it that you kind of just said, oh, yeah, fuck it. I'm a loser. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I like that. Yeah. I'll try that out. I'll let you know how it goes. Thank you. That's my Lindsay life hack. I like it. One of them. Yeah. So um, so when you grew up in L.A., mm-hmm. was your family more like conservative or were they more of a liberal family? Mine's very conservative. Really? Yeah. Louisiana. Interesting. Do you feel like you got less conservative when you went to college? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was a very slow process. And I didn't realize all the stuff I was learning until the end. And I was like, oh, my God, I think a way different way now. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't that funny what education will do? Yeah, it's it's psycho. (laughs) Um, I actually grew up really liberal. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents are super liberal as well. And I actually give a lot more credit to people who were brought up conservative and then go liberal because you were taught a certain way and mm-hmm. you, you know, deviated from that path. Whereas like I was probably brainwashed the same way a conservative <laughs> person was brainwashed. I just happened to be on the right side of history. Yeah. You know, my, my brainwash is better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's all brainwash. Yeah. And so um, you never know. Like, I don't know if that's my core beliefs. I'd like to believe it, it mm-hmm. is and believe that they are. Um, but you never know because that's how I was brought up. And I don't fault people for believing what they were brought up with yeah because that's how you form your belief system that's true especially if you have no other experience yeah i always tell people like why would they why would people want to why would they want to think something else right exactly exactly yeah and i think it's hard for people to like if they're surrounded by everybody that thinks that or that believes in that or that does the things that we're voting on whatever why would they vote against like their loved ones yeah. You know what I mean? I think that becomes something that's really difficult and really hard to like parse out. 
it's so funny too because I like I grew up like people would call me very sassy. Like, mm. My family would say I was like a sassy kid. Yeah, always kind of like an asshole. <laughs> and so when I get to go home for Thanksgiving and tell them about like, you know, it's so funny. I just I just love hearing like them be so upset. Yeah, that I'm liberal. Or, um, my, How do you respond? So I can specifically remember the last time I went, I had this aunt who's like one of those sassy aunts who's posting like Facebook shit, like really like dumb, ignorant stuff yeah. that she got off like a crack website that doesn't make sense. You know, that's, you know, I'm from Louisiana. Like there's a lot of that going on and not, not in my own family. So mm-hmm. she's doing all that. And she's like, yeah, I know you're in California out there with all those liberals. And she's like, your sister, she, my older sister is actually really educated. Um, she works for the government in a, an amazing position and she's super liberal. And so she's like, yeah, your sister's out there going to all these marches and she's liberal. And I was like, yeah, you think that's bad? I'm way worse than her. And I was like, I just invested in a vegan restaurant. And she's like, <laughs> she was so pissed. Really? Uh-huh. And I was like, girl, I'm now, What do you think about that when it comes to family politics? Do you confront them or do you just sort of let it slide? Dude, it's like survival of the fittest because I feel like when you're at a house, you're at a crawfish boil and there's like the thing about especially rednecks is they're very fucking loud (laughs) and they have weapons and they're just like (gasps) they are just so it's hard to get there. It's hard Mm. to get in that brain. Yeah. So I have to appeal really slowly and I start on something that can relate to them. So um, when someone asked me who I voted for, what I thought, I simply said, you know, I love black people. I love gay people and I love women. (laughs) And that was my answer. Perfect. And he was like, well, you know, that doesn't mean I don't and all this stuff. And I was like, that's just my answer. You can take it how you want. But if if that answered your question, then I think we're done here. Yeah, I think that's an answer enough, which is actually crazy. It is crazy. It is really crazy. But it's tough because, and I feel like you could, you'll understand this too, because Duke is in Kentucky. You had to have been surrounded North by like- North Carolina, but close, yeah. Wait, am I really that wrong? Oh, it's you know close. what? I had a roommate from Kentucky that went to Duke and oh, was obsessed with yeah, like Duke yeah. basketball. So I associated the two. Okay. It's in North Carolina. It is. I'm an idiot. No, you're not. I've thought it was in Kentucky my whole life. Like if it was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I would have got it wrong. That's okay. You're not on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire right now. And now when you are, you'll get it right. It's perfect. Okay, fuck. Okay, wait. So, but North Carolina, the same. There's a lot of like- Yes, yeah, really of, Southern. There's And there's a big, there's a kind of like a, a nice divide in the Carolinas between like, there's a lot of liberal people and there's a lot of conservative people. Yeah, because Duke's in the research triangle. So mm-hmm. it's in the research triangle with uh, UNC and NC State. And so there's a lot of people there who- flock to that area to do research or to study or whatever it is so it was actually a lot more liberal than i had anticipated Mm -hmm. um but still there was more conservatives than there are in like west la yeah so it was definitely an adjustment but a good one because it's important to hear other people's viewpoints and hear what's going on like i don't understand people who only read like msnbc or cnn like Mm -hmm. you need to be reading also like Fox News and seeing what other people are reading as well yeah. to be able to inform a- opinion. And besides that, Fox News is pure entertainment. <laughs> the shit they post. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's pure clickbait and I'm always clicking. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's every day and no offense, but Florida, what are you guys doing? Like, there's a lot of Florida shit. Yeah. Florida's having a hard time. <laughs> I dated a guy from Florida and he was completely like, Floridian he was exactly like there's something about there's if you're like amazing in Florida you probably bounce Mm. and maybe go back eventually but if you're one of those like true Floridians and you're just like there for life there's something about them 
Yeah. I can't put my finger on. I don't know. But it's like there does seem to be a, something. a weird amount of crazy news that comes out of Florida. Yeah, y'all are fucking wild. <laughs> but I love Disney World. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, but so you went from LA to Duke, mm-hmm. which is a honestly, if someone going to college out of state is still a major thing. Like not a lot of people do that. Right. Especially from California. I think a lot of people like to stay in California. For yeah. Because it's obvious lit. reasons. Yeah. California's <laughs> lit. But um, was it shocking, I think, just to see people from North Carolina or to like go to a bar in North Carolina? It's definitely a different experience. So one of the main bars that all the Duke people go to is called Shooters. And I have a really special place in my heart for Shooters. <laughs> but when you walk in, first of all, it's like the only bar bar at least when I was there that we could really go to and you could go to underage for a while too Sick. Um, I mean you couldn't like get drinks you'd have to wear a wristband <laughs> I don't want to like put them on <laughs> um, but basically it was like western themed mm-hmm. and so there's all these bars around the dance floor that all the college kids like dance to and then um or dance on and then there's the dance floor there's like a giant mirror against it that like gets fogged up within like 15 minutes dirty there's a cage that you climb up into and people dance there's a mechanical bull and then there's just this like giant plastic horse that's like 12 feet tall in the middle of the dance floor makes no sense but it's the most amazing place that sounds fun (laughs) as hell it is so fun. I had a bunch of friends from New York, like just one. I mean, they have a great club scene in New York, but they literally came down to go to this one bar. Dude. Night of their lives. Yeah. I'll go to Shooters. It sounds we have uh, Tigerland in mm. LSU. Yeah. It's just like a block of debauchery. It's pretty gross. A we didn't have block? a mirror, though. Well, maybe Fred's. Yeah, it's a block. Wow. And there's this. Listen to the names of the bars. They're called like Fred's, Bogies, um, some other like college sounding bar. Shooters is lit, though. Shooters is, and then they got in trouble and they had to like reopen. So now it's actually called Shooters too. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the same exact establishment, but they just call it Shooters too for- That's adorable. No apparent reason. Oh my God. I like their style. <laughs> I hate that this is like brought up my whole thing I was going to talk to you about anyway. Um, I mentioned a Western bar and the word Shooters. Um, last night yeah. was a crazy tragic event. Yeah. At, in Thousand Oaks, there was another mass shooting. Yeah. 11 people- killed the shooter killed and then the deputy one of the people the law enforcement on scene so i was up last night it's like daylight savings time Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. so everyone's going to bed i was the only idiot up at like 1 30 and i started watching this and i couldn't stop till 4 a.m or it was actually about three o'clock when they said that the the suspect had been contained and he was dead I don't know if you saw, you were probably sleeping. Yeah, I was. But I saw it in the morning. Yeah. When I'm telling you, so they had like aerial footage mm-hmm. and the helicopter and it's just a big building and there's no ambulances leaving. No one was like exiting the building that hadn't already exited a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't say that the shooter had been contained for a long time. So I'm sitting there watching like, oh my God, this is like way, I mean, 11 people is terrible. Yeah. I thought it was like going to be 100. Yeah. Or something terrible, terrible, terrible. But um, they did. It was like a contained situation. But it I, it was just so sick and so sad. And it's just another thing. And everyone says it's so close to home. I hate that phrase because I'm like, what? You can't you can't guess that it happens in Chicago. It won't happen here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's 45 minutes away. It's fucking terrible. How do you feel as someone who has to report this kind of thing all the time? And that's obviously been a huge topic of conversation right. in political media. What are your thoughts on this gun epidemic violence? What What do we do next? I mean, it's 
devastating. And I think we, I think part of it, the reason that we are talking about it more now is because it is in situations that more people can put themselves in, which is really sad that you have to be able to imagine yourself in that to Mm -hmm. be able to empathize with what's going on. So like movie theaters, like bars, like clubs, um, schools. There was a yoga studio uh, a few weeks ago. So it's really sad that we have to be able to put ourselves in the shoes. But I also think that that could sort of, you know, shift the conversation a little bit more because, I mean, gun violence has been happening in a lot of communities around the country for a really long time. And it's really bad in a lot of, um, you know, communities where media doesn't necessarily go yeah um where we don't really talk about it as much but because it's happening on such a greater scale now in more public places that i think people view as more um everyday more pedestrian more like they can relate to i do think it should shift the conversation um i think part of the problem is when it comes to politics is one the gun lobby. I mean, the NRA and the amount of money that they put into politics. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, I think a lot of the issues uh, surround verbiage because when we say gun control, that really turns people off. When you say gun safety, there's a sort of a different reaction. Oh, yeah. And when you look at the list and the breakdown of the different measures of gun safety that people can vote on or that are comprised of gun safety, most Americans are actually really in favor of gun safety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, comprehensive background checks, um, restricting people who commit domestic violence from getting a gun. Yeah, you dump bucks. Um, there's so many different aspects that a lot of people are really in favor of. But one, they don't understand the breakdown um, necessarily because of the way that it's marketed to them is the actual word. Yeah. Um, and two, even if constituents want that a lot of politicians won't vote that way because they're getting money from they're getting a check yeah so sick what a sick twisted situation and you know what's so bizarre (laughs) when i so i grew up in a farm town in louisiana okay my first gun i shot was at school and it was allowed wow it's in seventh grade wild so i don't know how long ago i was in seventh grade but Maybe. I don't know. I don't know that math. But yeah, we shot guns on campus and it was part of our PE and it was um, Hunter's Ed. So it's and it's it's kind of like they consider like I also welded at school, which is completely fucking dangerous now that I think about it. Like, what are you doing, LaRondra High School? Like, they're probably still doing it. Interesting. Yeah, I was doing some sketchy shit. They're Did trying you? to raise like workers there. I'm like, no <laughs> like, what the fuck? They're building a whole well like utopia. Yeah. <laughs> did you enjoy shooting the gun? Oh, no. No, no. But actually, um, I did feel really safe, which is surprising mm. that I would remember it that way. And I remember, you know, our teachers stressing how important it was to be safe. They were very tough about it. And it wasn't something we took lightly. And actually... I felt safer doing that at school and PE than when I went, I went to a gun range here one time on a date. I didn't ask to go there. Someone brought me there. I was, oof. oh, I hated it. Was and there a second date? No. Well, <laughs> no, I don't remember. And I was one of those idiots. I was like, yeah, take me wherever. Fucking gun range. But um, we shot a gun at the gun range here in LA and there was a little boy shooting and he must have been seven to eight. Like he was a, a young boy yeah. and he shot a gun. He turned around and he said, how'd I do? And he just... And even though he kind of, he didn't do anything necessarily, it just wasn't pointed down. He kind yeah. of pointed it, you guys, if you're watching me, you see where I'm pointing it. But if you're not, I'm kind of pointing it up at my, where my face would have been. It was literally like aimed nearly at my face. Like, how did I do? Just this like, and I was like, get me the fuck out of here. 
Like that was way different than me learning how to shoot the rifle at PE in the name of hunting. Yeah, that is wild. It is wild. It's just crazy to think, but it's it's nice I have that perspective because I can definitely understand how like half of America that seems very, not only, it seems like a right, but it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. It's very much a traditional thing. I feel like people think they'll be losing some of their identity yeah. when you take away a gun. But you know, I've, I'm fully on board with gun safety. Yeah. Let's do some Australian shit. And also I feel like if people knocked on your door, made sure it was in a case, made sure you made it to the range, made sure you, you know, paid your tax or whatever the fuck they make sure you do. Yeah. I feel like people would think, wow, I have this nice privilege. Like I'm special and I'm important and I'm doing my civic duty. I think people would actually like that. Yeah. I think, I think when you think about the way that guns do make people feel safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have the, right to bear arms even though that was like in a different time and for different reasons yeah that's another topic <laughs> that's right that's a whole other yeah podcast. the constitution is a living document yeah and, and it's, it's something that was formulated to change i learned that in depth in college so there were, we had these amazing founding fathers who actually thought about things like this and they said if this if this paper doesn't fit to the times right and you change it that's the whole point of this mm-hmm so a lot of people forget that. Yeah. 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 That does seem to be something that a lot of people don't like to think about when it comes to that. When it comes mm-hmm. to other things, they're okay changing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to that one, they really struggle with it. And I understand the culture behind it. And I do think that I don't necessarily think a lot of politicians are trying to, quote unquote, take your guns. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people just like don't want like assault rifles you know, in circulation or have people collecting them or just want to make sure you're mentally fit and not an abusive person before giving you one. I think those are like very fair. Yeah. Just like you have to take like a test before you get like a car. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of things that we have to regulate and regulate to have a safe society. I I totally agree. It's weird that like one of the most violent tools is one that we don't have a lot of regulation around do money talks how sick is that yeah. the things that people will do for money and they'll take for money and uh it's so weird yeah it is and especially in politics which is the weirdest thing because i think a lot of politicians don't necessarily I, I mean maybe i'm being like a total optimist but i don't think a lot of politicians go in for it for the money i think they go probably somewhat for power but i think i'd like to believe that a lot of them go in to it to make change yeah um but i think you become jaded really quick because one of the way that you spend your most the most of your time when you're a politician is trying to make money and yeah trying to get people to give you campaign money yeah it's tough too and it's tough i bet you become a bit of a celebrity too when you become a politician yeah your world changes in a lot of different ways yeah what's weird is like coming from louisiana I'd really never known a rich person. Mm. We're broke as hell there. Or there's rich people there, I'm sure, but I don't know them. <laughs> and so, you know, I had family in mobile homes. That's a very normal thing to be around right. poor and to be poor and have family who's poor is very normal um, and not a bad thing. But when I came to LA, it was the first time I saw very rich people. And I remember, you know, I dated a guy who was very, very rich um, and in the public sphere. And so I... I went to, I've seen his mansions and his chefs and his staff and his food and his nightly back massages and rubs and all this stuff and all his toys. And he doesn't have to face uh, the community, I think, the way we do. He does, mm. um, a middle class person and maybe someone in poverty, we're like crime and issues that we have, like we have to face them head on. Those are the people that we interact with on the street. We, yeah. we have to be on the street. We have to, we have to meet people at jobs. We have to deal with 
certain things. And those people don't. They, they're in this like magical bubble where they get whatever the fuck they want. And these people kind of decide our fate half the time. Yeah. These people are the ones who, you know, when we talk about the, the nation's wealth, like these people are making the decisions that we have to deal with and they fucking don't. Right. And it's actually, it's weird. It's not the Hollywood celebrity. It's the super rich trust fund kind of set up people from what I've learned from my experience. Like those are the, the ones we need to talk about. Yeah. It's, no, because right. Yeah. It is funny because I think uh, during the 2016 election, um, the Hollywood elite, quote unquote, got hated on a lot. But you're right that it is the trust fund people, the people with like crazy, crazy real money. The people who yeah. never really had to do anything like our president who, <laughs> who who do make the decisions for us. And I think like beyond just privilege and wealth, I think privilege in gender because when you think about, I mean, even though we had a very successful midterm election, um, especially for women, we are still only 20 percent of the lawmakers in the country. When we represent over 50 percent of the population, we have these men who are making decisions based off our body who they don't have to deal with it. Mm-mm. They don't have to put up with it, but they still are making those decisions and are legislating over something that they don't necessarily always understand they they literally never do that's so sick it's crazy how long we've existed as a as a species Mm. and the fact that we're not 50 50 and um everyone always likes on twitter when we talk about putting more women in government Mm. people like to say oh you know the best person for the job is who should get the job that implies that historically no time women have been good enough for the job that's what that sentence means. That means that zero times we've been good enough to be favored over a man. And it's not just government. It's managerial positions. Mm-hmm. It's um, any position of power. And we we have no money. We have none of the nation's wealth. Like, that's not our thing at all either. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just empirically inaccurate. I mean, studies show that when women are lawmakers, that they bring 9% more federal funding into their districts than men. Oh. <laughs> they put up uh, never more, that. they write more bills wow. um, and they inspire more women to run for, um, you know, different office positions as well. So they're actually just by the studies, better lawmakers for the most part. And they do actually a lot more, um, I mean, just because of the nature that we've been socialized for, mm-hmm. they do a lot better communication across the aisle. Yeah. So there's a lot more bipartisanship than when it's men. So like not saying women are yeah. better, but also saying but we women are, are better. But enough, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, as good. Of course. Yeah. If not sometimes better. Yeah. Um, it's funny too. Wait, what was I going to say? Oh, we're talking about women in politics. Wait, I had a thought and I completely lost it. This because I was up all night watching the news. Oh, I know. What was I going to say? Oh, see, lately, because with the news and not only with the weather, mm-hmm. so we have a lot of climate change discussion. We have a lot of end of the world discussion. We have a lot of nuclear war discussion. I mean, within the last few years. So I'm always thinking about the apocalypse. I truly am. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, who am I going to turn to when it all goes to shit? Yeah. And sometimes... The room I'm in, I'm the one in charge. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm the most capable, not just physically, but mentally. I feel like I would get us out of the, the shit like I really do. And I'm like, this is how I feel like with government, too. Sometimes I don't know when things go to shit. I yeah. feel like a lot of men do turn to women. And I feel like we do turn to we turn to our mothers and sometimes yeah. our sisters. And I just you like I know you, you know that we know what we're doing. Yeah. Like I feel like dudes know we've got this. Well, I mean, I I do think that women have, 
a unique ability and that they should be equally represented in government. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, women are incapable or inept or anything like that because oftentimes we're right now in the U.S. we're more educated. Yeah. We, you know, have the experience and we do understand some of the plights that you were talking about earlier because more women are dealing with poverty and more women have issues with healthcare um, because of the way our current government is set up. So I do think it is important to have women when the apocalypse comes, mm-hmm. you know, we need, we need to make sure everybody's in line. We will take care of your ass. I'm, <laughs> I would save like some of the men I've dated. I would be saving them. Oh yeah. Hands down, <laughs> hands down. I would be saving them for sure. Um, God. Yeah. It's so stressful. Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of I think that's part of the reason a lot of women shy away from politics or have previously, not necessarily this last midterm, but because they do feel it is stressful and they do feel like, you know, historically they haven't been represented. And so I think that's can be intimidating Mm -hmm. because they know that they have to deal with an extra obstacle beyond their policies. They have to deal with the fact that they're a woman. And then on top of that, if they're a woman of color and have to deal with all those extra barriers that a lot of men don't have to deal with. Yeah. And that brings me back to you and your career. You being a woman in politics, how has that been unique, a Mm. unique experience? In what ways has that been just hard for you? Yeah. Or it's sometimes easy. Yeah. Um, I think just being, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I think being a woman on any sort of like public platform, people don't like to hear your opinion. I think when you open your mouth. I think they do. <laughs> I think they're fucking lying, if I'm being honest. I think, um, I think that has been a major issue. I think because I'm blonde and I'm on camera and I'm not necessarily talking about entertainment news. I love entertainment news, Mm -hmm. but because I'm talking about things that are more political, I don't think people necessarily like that. And they often tell me to like, shut up and like the whole like, oh, just post these kind of photos. Go make a sandwich. Oh yeah. They actually sold that shirt at Walmart within the last four years or so. They probably still are. That Mm -hmm. disgusts me. Yeah. Go make a sandwich. I've been told to stay in the kitchen. I'll make a dick sandwich. I told someone that, like, you want a ball sack on rye? Like, I'm going to make your sandwich. Oh, it just makes me so angry. My thing is... I'm not good at sandwiches. (laughs) But first of all, like, stay in the kitchen. Like, first of all, if you are somebody who hates the kitchen, I don't really want to talk to you anyway. The kitchen rocks. I love food. Well, you know what? Now we're in the cabinet. So women's place are in the kitchen. Yeah. I saw that too. (laughs) I like that. that? No. It's a thing about women in the cabinet. And it's like, our place is in the kitchen. I love the things like women's places in the house, like house representatives. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we showed up. Cheeky. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, I think it's been, I mean, it's been tough. Social media is a bitch. Social media, like I owe my career to it, but people are brutal and there's so much vitriol and so much misogyny mm-hmm. um, that I think comes into play. And I think people feel sometimes threatened Mm -hmm. um, because women do want more representation or because women want a greater voice and somehow that feels like we're challenging your position it's like no we're not we're not trying to take anything away from you we're just trying to meet you at a level playing field and I don't think that's that much to ask for no Um, but like I get people who say like the wage gap doesn't exist Mm. people say like things that are just proven true and then they tell me it doesn't that I'm wrong and that I'm dumb and that stupid and all that fun stuff and it's an especially it's i feel like when people have a slur that can be applied Mm. to them it's especially different because um 
you know, like when you have a slur, there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing within your character or anything that makes you not that. So to me, like slut has always been a slur. It's just a gender slur because I've been called a slut and considered a slut and no one knows my sexual history. Yeah. I'm actually not that busy. (laughs) I don't think I'd be considered a slut at all. Like not even fucking close. I hate to break it to everyone who thought I might be a freak, but. But even if you were, (laughs) that doesn't necessarily say anything about you. Yeah. But I feel like it's just this gender slash like, oh, you're a girl fucking slut. Like that's a slur to me. That's what makes a slur a slur. Yeah. And I feel like when, you know, you or I are come at with something like that, Mm -hmm. it's especially difficult because you can't there's nothing it's not a regular insult it's not you're fucking stupid right like, you're fucking stupid oh you know i had something to do with that i could have had something yeah, to do with that yeah yeah i'm yeah. a slut i couldn't have done anything different yeah i think you're right i think there's like an aspect of that it seems very um oxymoronic in the way that like oftentimes people will be like oh you know we don't need feminism, you C word. It's like, you literally just proved the point that we do need it. But thank you for doing my work for me. I don't need to say anything now. Do you know what I mean? Like they just add that and it just completely delegitimizes their argument Mm -hmm. by adding in some awful, you know, derogatory slur that's been used against women. And like, oftentimes I try to like reclaim some of those slurs. Yeah. I think that's a really great way to sort of deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially like people like to call me like a feminazi. Like, no, I'm a, I'm a feminist. But if you want to like make it fancy, okay, fine. <laughs> like it's a weird term, like especially because I'm Jewish. Like it's a little bizarre. Oh my God. But, um, but okay, fine. Like I'll own that and be your feminazi as long as I'm, you're still following me. It's actually, still writing comments. You know, whatever boy or girl came up with the idea to like, how about we say that feminism isn't what it is? Mm. Like, how about we say like, oh, no, it's them trying to take over. Whoever started that rumor has gotten way the fuck around. Um, and people literally think that it's not its definition. Mm-hmm. Ma- that's the most powerful tactic I've ever heard of. We should use it against something we don't like. Mm. Because to deny its definition like we have no argument we can't even say oh yeah i'm pro they're like oh that doesn't even mean what you think it means yeah how the fuck am i gonna what yeah what yeah that and- is so frustrating and genius so kudos <laughs> well it's been actually going on forever i mean it's like when women were trying to get the right to vote and and like back in the 1920s they were used basically the way that women were portrayed that were fighting for their vote a lot of men would do like um caricatures and like newspapers of the that sort of image that you have when you think of a quote-unquote feminist where she doesn't shave she's like really you know (laughs) burly or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and um that's kind of stuck around that stereotype because it's a way to sort of like hold back and halt the movement a bit. But you're right. Like it doesn't mean any of that. But I think because of that, a lot of women don't necessarily want to be associated with that. And because it's been mm-hmm. said, like people say like, oh, feminism is a like cancer is the one I get a lot, which is just like absurd or that feminism means that we're trying to Take get rid of men or whatever it may be. I think when you hear that over and over again, um, it's gaslighting and women are getting gaslit and they start to believe it themselves and they have that ingrained misogyny and that's totally. why they vote for people that are in office. Dude, when I learned about the word internalized misogyny, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's what that is. Yeah. I never knew that was a thing. And Do you now, catch yourself sometimes? Because I catch myself even. It's I a catch learning myself process. in a lot of things. A lot of things I've done incorrectly. You know what I love to catch myself doing? Mm. Okay. I write an email. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read, there's a good article in Goop about this and it's about women, um, how we type our emails wrong yeah. or what we say. I, I, I seem 
less confident when I look polite. So my idea is when I send an email, I'm trying to sound polite and we're so used to sounding Mm -hmm. polite for people to like us. So we say, oh, I might actually, we use words like actually or just Just, or might or um, something like that. I'll write an entire email knowing that that's like in my mind. And still I have to go back and I must erase like 10 words and rephrase things every single time. That is, Mm. it is so ingrained in me to appear nice and polite and um, I don't have to fucking do that anymore. And so now I, I retype my emails. I've even been to the point where I've like asked for something and I said, I'm sorry, but. Mm. And I've I've gone back and I said, actually, I'm not sorry. I just need that done. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm taking don't it say, back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, women need to stop saying sorry. There's like a mm-hmm. lot of like little adjustments. Like instead of saying, sorry, I'm late. Mm-hmm. Say, thank you, for, thank you for waiting for me. Mm-hmm. It's an easy way to like still be polite, but not apologize for something that. You don't necessarily need to be sorry for a woman say I'm sorry so much. Yeah. Even when I mean, excuse me, like if I bump into somebody, I say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if they bump into me, I say, I'm sorry. And that often yeah. there's like a social experiment I've done where I kind of like see how different people respond to that when I bump into them or if they bump into me and I say, I'm sorry. A lot of times men will be like, uh, it's okay. And then women will be like, oh, sorry, like, excuse me. Like, sorry back. Yeah, yeah sorry back. Oh it's so God. interesting to, like, listen to how different people respond to that. Wow. I'm making an overgeneralization, but it's just my no, own no, personal like, anecdote. No, I'm always doing these, like, weird studies in my own brain, too. When I'm in public and there's a man, sometimes I feel like dudes feel really comfortable in their space. Mm. And they'll feel comfortable, like, kind of, like, owning the mm-hmm. space in a way. Like, they can look people in the eye and they can, they can be in the they can be inconveniently placed in the center of a grocery store aisle and not yeah. fucking move yeah. or like in a waiting area. Um, I actually go closer to them now. So now I make the space mine I and like I get that. very close to them. And it's, it's this weird thing I do, but it's really fun if you want to do that too. Yeah. Or walk <laughs> towards a man. If he's walking towards you and you're walking towards him, mm-hmm. don't do this at night. But like if you're yeah. in a public space and there's people around, uh, see how long or how close you can get to him before he diverges paths because mm-hmm. women will diverge paths like you're like 30 feet away they see you come in they're like already moving to the left or the right yeah men wait until you're like seeing the whites of their eyes and then they'll be like oh shit i guess i have to go to the side it's, it's really, really interesting i love doing these little social experiments yeah. oh my gosh so what do you have um coming up next what's what's your what's going on in your world right now yeah so i have this podcast called too much to handle love. and it's basically an ode to all the women who have been told they're too much, whether they're too loud or too demanding or too needy or their bodies are quote unquote too much, which mm-hmm. I don't even think is a thing. I think that's a really weird thing that we tell young girls and young women Yeah, um, where we basically talk about how feminism affects us every single day. So my first episode was our slutty Halloween costumes, anti-feminist. Oh, fun. I love that topic. And then my last episode from this last week was um, are women really crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. I know the hint to that one. I know the answer to that one. We've never started a war. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That's my answer. (laughs) Yeah. No shade. I'm sure if we were in charge, we might have, but, you know, whatever. Um, Um, But, yeah, so it's been really fun and just talking about the ways that, like, our lives are so political and a lot about, like, ingrained misogyny because I think it's all a learning process, even for, you know, people like me who, like, I love reading, like, feminist literature and all that fun stuff, but I think... For me, it's still a learning process. I catch myself. I caught myself today texting my boyfriend. Like, I know I'm acting like a crazy girlfriend, but... And then I had to, like, catch myself a little bit. Like, oh, wait, why do I think I'm crazy? Because I'm being emotional about something. Why is being emotional 
crazy abnormal yeah. yeah why can't we be expressive with the way that we're feeling more, more men should be expressive with the way they're feeling and they're often held back by societal expectations that aren't really fair and create a lot of problems exactly yeah and that's a that's a goal that feminism aims to defeat amen yeah um you know what i was thinking on the way here yes i just want to pitch this to you so i was thinking about you and your career on the young turks and even just the young turks as its own media thing Uh why don't we have one with girls like why don't we have an all girl like super dope chicks and we can even be bipartisan like we can have good people on both sides and we can teach them how it's done that we don't have to be dicks and assholes to kind of like evolve our world i think that's a really good point i think more women should be on camera when it comes to news because there's not a lot there's not a lot of women who are talking about politics there's not a lot of women who um trying to figure out a good way to say this but there's not a lot of women who are blonde and wear a lot of makeup and you know look a certain way that are Mm -hmm. talking to people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like i think when you're watching the news and it's an angry old white dude screaming at you telling you should be terrified is intimidating yeah there's no wonder women are tuning out or getting news fatigue or getting empathy fatigue like why would you want to watch that i want to be talked to in a way that i would talk to somebody else yeah um and learn about news in that way and i try i mean i've tried to do that in my career and i've tried to do that i'm trying to do that now with my podcast where we're talking like i say like a lot i sound like a valley girl i still know what i'm talking about but I know that I say like Yeah, you a lot. assholes. And you know what? I've had male guests on. They say like as much as we do. But they don't they get just, the same they don't like, sound as, oh, you're yep. so ditzy. Yep. Yeah, I've no. noticed. I've listened to my podcast with males and they all say like, but they just seem more intelligent. I get called out for saying uh a lot, like mm-hmm. uh. And you know who says uh the most? Who? Barack Obama. He says Aww. uh so much in his speeches and he's an awesome orator and a great leader. But it doesn't get called out the same way that women are called out for their vocal tendencies. But yeah, I sound like this and I can still talk to you about everything. So. Exactly. See, Suck I love it. that. I think we should start a whole a whole new network. Yeah. Think Pink. And it's just political, but it's like less drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much aggression. I think it can be done. I actually do think it can be done. I'm one of those freaks who thinks that like everything is possible. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's possible. And I think it's not only possible, but I think it's needed. I think it's necessary for women to have an outlet where they can get the news without being screamed at by like if you watch some of the things when we're talking about like even the Christine Blasey Ford testimony and Mm -hmm. Kavanaugh, a lot of the news was white men talking about the issue whereas like yes their opinions are valid as well but we do need more women whose voices are being heard especially when it comes to women's issues yeah because like i had an episode about assault and we have been through Mm -hmm. some shit even personally i don't even know if i did i did the disclaimer the other night i literally went to the hospital one time for like Mm -hmm. a date rape jug and i said this whole episode about assault Mm -hmm. and i forgot that part there's so many stories i had that i like forgot that one yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I don't know a single girl who hasn't been sexually assaulted in I, some way. I don't think I have either. Yeah. I don't know a single woman. No, but I think we should super duper start it one day. That's in my plan. I think if we continue on the path we're on, we can live all in this utopian society and we'll be like that movie Trolls mm. where we wake up and we put glitter in our hair and we all have one job, but then we get lit every day. I like it. Yeah. That's my plan. Perfect. <laughs> so well, can, you, can you invite me to your utopia, please? <laughs> I need you. No, I'm not just inviting you. I need you on the board. <laughs> okay, Hannah, it was so good to have you on this so episode good. of Eyes Up Here. I can't wait to listen to Too Much to Handle. Yes. 
too much to handle. I'm assuming it's on iTunes. It's on all of the podcast things. And then I'll be posting new episodes and clips from my episodes on my Instagram at Hannah Cranston. Yes. And where can everyone else find you? Hannah Cranston on Twitter? Yeah. At Hannah Cranston on Instagram, at Hannah Cranston on Twitter, and then at Hannah Cranston host on Facebook because another Hannah Cranston exists on Facebook. She took it. God damn it. Took it. Hate when that happens. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Eyes Up here. Remember, my calendar is for pre-sale, lindsaypales.co. It's 14 months. It's really hot. Um, it's a great Christmas gift. But other than that, I'm also in a new, in an episode, not an episode, I'm in an article in this issue of this month's Playboy. So they did an article about me and my career. If you want to check that out, it's really cool. Thank you to the Focus TV studios for another great episode. And I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>